Hello, my name is Maggie Taggart and I've been a broadcast journalist and TV and radio presenter for over 40 years, mostly with the BBC in Northern Ireland. For this series of podcasts on equality in education, I've linked up with the Equality Commission to highlight the need to address prejudice-based bullying and to challenge stereotypes. Today we'll be concentrating on the Anti-Bullying Forum. It was created by Save the Children Fund in 2004 and formally launched the following year by the Department of Education. Because bullying affects a lot of young people, it's going to be great to find out what it does and more about the experiences of people in person. So the guests with me today are Aoife Nicolum, who is the coordinator for the Northern Ireland Anti-Bullying Forum. Hello, thank you very much for having me. And very welcome. And she has kindly brought along three members of the forum's Young People's Group. That's Christo Thomas, Lorcan McGough and Sean Mudzik. Hi all. Hi, thanks for having us. So feel free, you guys, to to butt into any conversation when you feel the urge, if you hear something that you want to to agree with or, or even disagree with. Perish the thought. So... For the Equality Commission, we also have Asha O'Reilly. She's a policy officer and can explain why the Commission has a particular interest in bullying. Hello, Asha. Hello, Maggie. So I'm going to start with you, Aoife. The forum has been going now for a number of years. Can you describe what its aim is and how you go about achieving that aim? That's a big question. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So just in context of the forum, the forum is a forum of voluntary and statutory organisations in NI. And we have currently 21 member organisations within that forum. Um, Equality Commission being one of them, Parent and NI being another, just give you an example of the type of organisations that we have. So each member works with or for children and young people um, and play a particular role in anti-bullying and that could be through training, support services or policy work. And um, there's the forum has a coordinated approach to anti-bullying policy and practice. Um, we would provide resources and advice for the audiences of children and young people, parents and carers and schools and youth settings. So that's quite a list of people who are participating in it. What are the main achievements of this group? And and assuming that a lot of bullying issues crop up in schools, are you having much impact there? Well, the main achievements achievements have probably been the Addressing Bullying in Schools Act. So the, the Act provides a statutory obligation on schools to record incidents of bullying. And the forum is a key player in bringing that forward. Along with that, I would say the effective responses to bullying behaviour and that's a school resource, so it's a pack with everything a school needs to deal with bullying incidents, so sample policies, templates, um, strategies to deal with both the child experiencing bullying behaviour and the child displaying bullying behaviour. So a great resource for schools. And my personal favourite would probably be the Parent and Care Toolkit, um, so it helps you identify uh, what bullying is, signs of bullying, how to look out for it with, with your own children, also how to support your children, whether again they're the child explain bullying behaviour or experiencing bullying behaviour, how to speak to your school, how to support your child through it to help them rebuild their self-esteem and confidence and that type of thing. So a really great resource. On top of that, I would say the next two things would be our NIBF Young Advisors, who you have here in front of you today, a, a few of our members that have been fantastic in helping us ensure that we have the voice of young people at the core of everything we do. And then finally, probably the biggest achievement overall would be the growth of Anti-Bullion Week. So Anti-Bullion Week is a week-long campaign that we have each November, and it's to raise awareness of bullying and have people talking about how they can support to help end bullying. You mentioned the packs that people get to, to, to try and deal with bullying. Mm-hmm. There, there's quite a range of things, aren't there? Give us a, an example of some of the things which people can try to nip it in the bud or, or, or put it right after it's happened. 
Yeah, well, I mean, it's very tricky because we also know that the effects of bullying can last long into adulthood, so it doesn't always end when the bullying stops. But in terms of if the bullying has taken place in school, there's some top tips about how to communicate that with the school. So um, recording the, the incidents, so keeping note of what's been happening, bringing that to the school's attention. Also, you know, speaking to the child to let them know that it's not their fault, that this isn't happening because of anything that they have done, and helping them rebuild their self-esteem. So tell them they are, wor- they are worthy, helping them with things they may be good at in terms of if they're creative if they enjoy art that type of thing that you're promoting their skills and helping build them up again let's go back to actually detecting the bullying when it is going Mm -hmm. on and I mean teachers aren't gifted with a second sight so they aren't uh, quite a lot of times it must be covert absolutely it can happen in any place you know it can be happening in the playground when teachers aren't looking it could be happening on the bus to and from school it could be happening outside the school gates it's also, there's that kind of thing with bullying where it can be done in a manipulative way too. So a lot of children, people know not to have display that behaviour in front of teachers. So I imagine at times it can be extremely tricky for a teacher to be able to say, yep, this is bullying, that's bullying behaviour, I have witnessed it. But, you know, we know that the key indicators for bullying are repetitiveness, intention to harm and an imbalance of power. So if a teacher is able to keep an eye on things, so record, as, as is stated within the Act, to record incidents that's been brought to their attention. So even if they haven't seen it, if they're keeping a record of what's been going on, it should help them down the line create a good picture. And that should, in fact, help establish that bullying has been taking place. Now the Act has been in about a year now. Are you finding that it's having a good impact? That's really hard to tell. I, I think that it has. It's still very early when you consider the fact that it has only been in for a year. But at the minute, we have no research or any baseline of bullying and NI to go on since 2011. So at the minute, we're kind of working in the dark. So we don't really know how bad the problem was before the act came in to see how successful it can be. And we do hope to see some research coming in within the you know the next year or two that will help us establish that. So establish a baseline to see where we are and that will help us monitor the success of the act. Now central to this is the three guys I have here, Christo Lorcan and Sean, and I'm gonna ask you to explain what you have learnt about bullying and maybe you've had a personal experience of seeing it or, or feeling it. So What's the range of things that you've now learnt? Let's talk to you first of all, Sean. Um, I'd say partially, I would realise that a lot of people don't know enough about bullying. Like for me, I go to an all boys school and, you know, we get people come in talking about it. And I feel like a lot of people, when you get to that age, you're like, oh, whatever, throw it away. Because we talk in a majority and I don't think I'm off about the minority of people that are actually targeted by bullying a lot of the time. I've personally had friends who have been subject to bullying and depression and all these mental health issues and for me I hold it very dear to myself as well whenever I participate in stuff like student council or political debates in class because I think these issues are something that is neglected for young people at our age and really just seeing how people don't understand what actually bullying does to others and that's what I've learned about being on the forum is kind of being able to understand some of these statistics you know I read the other week it was um, I think it was a state golf poll from down the Republic parents saying it was like 40% of one or more of their children being bullied 91% of the time it was same sex so like you know boy on boy girl on girl so I feel that's what I love about being on the forum getting exposed to that other side. So you think girls and boys bully in different ways? Yeah I'd say you know obviously boys be more contact girls would be more 
talking and texting, I think. Very big difference between it. And I think a lot of times I've had at school, like assemblies, teachers talking about bullying and others. But it's very general and it's not specific because we're thinking that, oh, it all happens online. It doesn't always happen online. It all happens in person. It doesn't all happen in person. And it's just kind of, it's very not targeted at the group you're talking to. And I feel like that's where a lot of speakers that come into these schools, they lose the audience. Crystal, what have you taken from the time that you've been in the anti-bullying forum? Well, Maggie, building on what Sean said, actually, it's really emphasised to me uh, the fact that a lot of us, myself included, don't know what bullying actually is and don't know the extent of it. Um, even myself, until I came on to be part of the forum and learned this from AFA, I hadn't any knowledge of these three factors of bullying, the repetitiveness, the targeted uh, approach and um, the intention for harm. So I feel like the term bullying, it is, um, it's not really used in the right sense a lot of the time. You know, even when friends are talking to friends and there might be a bit of banter going about something that's not meant to cause harm. People might be go people might be using the words, you know, they're bullying me, they're bullying me, that sort of thing, just as a bit of a wash off or a bit of a laugh. I think a lot of the time it's not an issue that is given enough uh, attention at our age, particularly at the age you know, 16, 17, maybe even 15. People think they're past the age that you can be bullied and that is a very big problem in itself as well because people, you know, there really is no limit to when you can stop being bullied or when you can start being bullied. Sure, it, a lot of it does take action in your young ages, but I feel even down the line, even in the workplace, you can have a lot of targeted, repetitive and intention to harm actions as well. And I think there is definitely a lot more understanding and awareness that needs to be made available. Lorcan, are you starting to view experiences and behaviours in a different way from before you were on the anti-bullying forum? Um, I think being a part of the anti-bullying forum has really helped me to open my eyes into the different ways that people can be bullied and how bullying you know, can affect people in so many ways in their lives. It can impact their studies at school. It can break apart friendships, break apart families. You know, if uh, a parent has their child who has been bullied, they might often experience depression. This, they can see a change within their child. You know, this isn't, this isn't them, this isn't who they're supposed to be. So it can break apart families. Um, so bullying can have a really negative impact in our schools and in our communities and society as a whole. So I think being part of the forum has shown me how just how bad bullying is and how we really need to take action against it. We're not asking what any of your schools are, but can you tell me how you think schools are dealing with the problem? Um, personally, I think my school, and uh, me and Crystal go to the same school, I think our school is dealing with bullying very well. Um, so we have a lot of teachers who are very open about giving us op opportunities to speak to them. You know, our teachers often tell us that their classroom is always open no matter when. If we need to talk to them uh, about any problem or situation, they're willing to hear us. So personally, I think my school is very, it deals with bullying in a very good way. What about you guys think? I would probably argue not the same. I think our school does make the effort to say that we've doing, we're doing a lot for our students, but I had a friend whose wee brother was getting severely bullied at school and the school, in fairness, you know, they did try and work about it and move in classrooms, but you're still in the same building as that person. Does Just because you're not in the same classroom doesn't mean you can't be bullied by that person. And it all comes back. And I think when you're in all that environment, boys' school, you know, there's about 125 boys in a year, you know, things spread. Oh, he switched class because of you and what this, and then it spreads and then it'll only make the problem worse. So obviously that's just my school. I think a lot of your schools, you've said very welcoming. And there are a lot of teachers in our school, a lot of, I believe are very welcome and they've been very helpful to me when I've had issues. I just think on a general basis, 
there are some schools that they say more than what they do. Crystal? There are many, many opportunities to talk um, in high school if you need it. We have a student counsellor on our school as well um, if we do need that assistance. Um, and we've recently started up a student wellbeing group as well, uh, which I'd be a part of. In, and uh, we'd be focusing on the anti-bullying aspect of things a lot. So, Lorcan, are you finding that what you've learnt in the anti-bullying forum, you can transfer to the schools and maybe friends to make a difference in their lives? I think so. I think being part of the forum has increased my confidence because we're surrounded by people who are dealing with the same things, young people my age, who have either dealt with bullying in their own lives personally or have seen someone that they know being bullied. So I think being part of the forum really gives you that confidence to take action. So when you go into school, you're able to maybe keep a, a keen eye on people who might be being bullied or isolated on purpose. Uh, it really helps you to open your eyes to the problems that might be going in, on in your school. And would you be willing to take action on that? I think so. Again, as I says, the, the forum does build up your confidence into realising that you should do the right thing. And the right thing, of course, is to take action against bullying. Would you not be worried that you, in turn, might then be bullied? Um, I don't think that's a worry we should have. I think if we're able to diffuse bullying in a good, calm uh, measured way that uh, bullying can be sort of eradicated instead of being targeted yourself. I'm going to turn to you now, Asha, to find out more about why the Equality Commission is interested in the issue of bullying. Well, our 2017 statement on key inequalities in education highlighted that prejudice-based bullying is a persistent problem for certain equality groups. That includes trans pupils, minority ethnic pupils, including travellers, those with special educational needs or disability, and those with same-sex attraction. And since then, we've had COVID, which has had a huge impact on young people. There's been school closures that have restricted interaction. It's uh, increased isolation and increased reliance on social media. And as Aoife said last year, the Addressing Bullying in Schools Act came into force, and that highlighted a real need for up-to-date research on the impact and prevalence of prejudice-based bullying and that includes cyberbullying as well. So yes, we know bullying can blight the lives of young people in school and as Lorcan said, in their families as well. We know it can negatively affect their attendance and their attainment and it can have long-term impacts on their life chances. So tackling prejudice-based bullying is a real priority for the Commission. So if we know the impact of bullying and, and the fact that it is quite often prejudice-based, which is of special interest to the Equality Commission, um, what extra steps could the Equality Commission take to, to see schools are tackling the problem? Well, Aoife mentioned the guidance on how to address bullying in schools. We think this guidance is fantastic and we want to see it implemented comprehensively across all schools and updated when required. And that should include clear guidance on how schools should deal with unintentional acts of bullying as well. So they may perhaps be unintended, but they can still cause significant harm to pupils. We want to see promotion of an anti-bullying culture in schools. And that comes from strong and visible leadership from principals, from senior management teams and from boards of governors. And we also want support and opportunities for schools to make sure that prejudice-based bullying is comprehensively addressed within the school curriculum. I'm going to turn back now to Aoife from the Anti-Bullying Forum. Aoife, what do you see as the main impact on, on people's schooling and, and their academic achievement and just the general mental health and their general mental health of suffering from bullies? I mean, that's a question we could talk about all day long. Um, we know through research that, as I mentioned previously, it doesn't end when the bullying stops. It can follow you along into adulthood. 
research shows that you're less likely to be able to hold down employment, that you're less likely to sustain relationships, that you're going to struggle more with depression, your mental health. That's that's in the adulthood due to the impact of bullying when you were a child. So that trauma stays with you right through adulthood and can affect how you perform. You're no longer able to meet your potential. That's quite concerning for everyone. We don't want that for our children and young people now. We want to be able to help them cope with, um, if they are experiencing bullying, give them the tools to be able to deal with that, to help them build their resilience, to help them speak out. So, for example, this year's Anti-Bullying Week theme is Reach Out. Do they know who they can reach out and talk to? Do they know who, who's there to support them? And also, you know, there's a huge element there of being able to stand up to a bully as well in itself can help someone experiencing that that achievement of being able to stand up to someone and say enough can can do wonders for someone who has experienced that that trauma or is it going through bullying at that time i'm going to ask all of you a tough question but i'm starting with you what can anybody listening to this podcast do about it if you are experiencing bullying or if you know of a bullying situation that's going on speak up about it if you're a person who's displaying bullying behaviour and you don't know why you're behaving that way or you have you have your own issues and that's why you're lashing out, reach out for help as well. There's plenty of help out there. There's plenty of people you can speak to. I would say that for those practitioners, so teachers, youth workers, even parents and carers, anybody that has an important role in the lives of children and young people, educate yourself on the issues of it. Find out what support networks are out there. Are you skilled? Do you need some sort of training to be able to cope with this situation? Um, there's plenty of it out there and do, do a bit of research on it. You can go onto our website, NIBF's website, and have a look at what's available and the resources that are, that are there for that. So who wants to start among the guys? Yes, go ahead, Sean. We can only build so much off of what Aoife said. She's already outlined everything. It's, it's a lot more, it would hurt a lot more for me personally, if I had a friend who was being bullied and I didn't know about it and they never told me, you'd be shocked, you'd be taken aback because to you, you think that this person, it's, it's all sunshine and rainbows in their life and they're not telling you about what's happening, what's really, if they're getting bullied or not. That's why reaching out, what is one of our messages off the forum as well, always reaching out for someone you know, you know, with a friend you know, family member, even people who are knowledgeable in the subject, I'm sure we all know here about what's about bullying and we all feel we can, t if someone needed to talk to us about something, we'd happily help. Christa, do you think that being in the forum and talking about it spreads that message to the people who, who don't know enough about it? Mm -hmm. I do think so. Being part of the forum has really raised the awareness for us and helped us in spreading the message. And I fe also feel that uh, both myself, Lorcan and Sean, all were able to create this almost environment of approachability and ha allowing people to su almost suggesting people that we are here if you, you need to. And I think that's something that anybody can do have this environment where people can come to you and can reach out and can talk to you. I feel that knowing that somebody can come and talk to you, that is almost a really powerful thing in itself. And it's something that any one of us can do. And it's something that any one of us should do, I think. Um, just be there for people. Be there to be able to be reached out to. And Lorcan, sometimes it's thought that young men are too embarrassed, too shy to say anything. Do you feel that you are now more able to talk openly and that people will listen to you? Yeah, definitely. And I think that's a really important point to touch on, that there is a lot of stigma behind men and boys uh, speaking out um, if they have experienced bullying. So I, I do want to highlight that 
it does take a lot of courage to speak out. So in terms of what we can do, I want to encourage the listeners to just listen to whoever's reaching out to you because it does take a lot of courage and it can be a quite difficult. So please just give them your time and listen to them. And turning to you, Asha, the, the voice of the Equality Commission, is there anything more that you think people should be doing out there to, to, to make sense of the problem and maybe tackle it? Well, I would encourage listeners to have a look on our website. We've done a lot of work on equality in education, on addressing prejudice-based bullying and challenging stereotypes. So have a look at our priorities and our recommendations. Use them to chat in your own networks. Engage with elected representatives or if you work in the area, use them to inform your own work and reach out to the Commission as well. That's been a fascinating conversation and I've learnt a whole lot. I'm sure our listeners have learnt a lot and maybe have new golden rules to live by. Thank you all, Asha, Aoife, Sean, Christo and Lorcan. Thank you very much indeed. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can find the rest of the series and a range of broadcasts published online by the Equality Commission. You can find them on the Commission's website or wherever you find your favourite podcasts.